to pod of course i can only thank again johan for being here for part one to talk about fire nord part two we're going to talk about match day 34 and quite a bit happened um during match day 34 we're going to uh you know keep it short as usual we're going to uh, talk about a, a couple of um, a couple of stories during the weekend that are, that are worth it. Of course, Paris Saint-Germain um, getting their 10th title, um, equal, equalizing with Saint-Etienne for the most uh, titled team in France. Um, Rennes uh, winning that game 5-0. Uh, Lyon winning 5-2. Lots of goals were scored. Um, of course, Monaco winning 4-1 against Saint-Etienne, which means that Monaco and Rennes stay in the race um, to, to get the second place. But of course, Marseille uh, winning with a, a late goal from Jason uh, in Reims, the very last game of the weekend, who are keeping that six-point cushion on third place, uh, Rennes and Monaco. The, the sad story of the weekend, of course, is Saint-Etienne and Bordeaux losing, and, and Bordeaux really uh, in danger of, of going back in Ligue 2, or going down to Ligue 2, not back, sorry, um, to, to accompany Metz, who also lost at home against Brest. A, a lot to, to impact as usual. Um, we, we're going to, like I said, talk about the two, three stories that I thought were worth it for the weekend. Um, let's start uh, with the capital. Paris Saint-Germain against Lens. 1-1 was the final score. Um, Paris Saint-Germain champion at the end of that game, that point uh, who, who give them a, a title that was, you know, assured almost all season uh, for them. The goal scorer was Lionel Messi for Paris Saint-Germain and the late equalizer came from Corentin Jean for Lens. Uh, Messi scored at the 68th minute, Jean at the 88th minute. Uh, Paris who dominated the game, 66% possession, 18 shots and 7 shots on target uh, and Lens uh, 8 shots and only 3 on target, uh, of course, with, with the rest of the possession. Lens who played um, the last half hour with only 10 men after Danso got a red card and a red card excuse me and that's when Paris Saint-Germain was able to to score a game that maybe didn't just bring as much um, entertainment as we would like it to be when a team is supposed to celebrate their 10th title uh, and, and a game that I guess maybe made more noise in the stands uh, or like thereof uh, then on the stadium, for those who haven't seen the game or don't know what happened during the weekend, um, the fans of Paris Saint-Germain had announced um, halfway uh, through the week, uh, the fans, I should say, the one group, the CUP, the, the Commando Ultra Paris, had announced that they would not celebrate the title with the players, but that they would rather leave the stadium at the 75th minute and celebrate outside. Of course, at the time where they decided to do that, Paris is winning 1-0 uh, and the title is is you know, is already decided. Uh, I guess they're lucky that Lance didn't score twice at the end because uh, it would have been uh, a bit of a, uh, yeah, a bit of a weird party if the title wasn't even secured. Uh, but but I think the fans just weren't happy with the general performance this season. We talked about it, but Paris Saint-Germain didn't do much to reassure them on that very last game. It was, uh, it wasn't a bad game by, by any means, but Paris just didn't kill the game when they could, wasn't as incisive as we want them to be. It's one of the rare games of the season that Mbappé wasn't um, in top form. Yet they get the the result and, and then, you know, the question was asked, uh, is, is, it, is it worth it for Paris Saint-Germain to win those titles? How do you celebrate it? Do you even celebrate it? Uh, and of course, a few players were um, were very happy. Lionel Messi just walked straight to the locker room after the the one one. Probably still a bit upset about the treatment he got from the from the fans a couple of weeks ago. Um, a couple of post game conference were very um, interesting. Um, Kylian Mbappe saying that it was only a minority of fans that decided to go outside and that 
all the other fans were happy to celebrate and that as a professional player, his job is to just adapt to how the fans are behaving and to just celebrate on his own because he was very happy and so were his teammates to secure a 10th um, title for Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, the journalist then asked him if it was his last French title uh, and his answer a bit tongue-in-cheek was, you know, even if I stay, it's not guaranteed that we're going to win the title. Um, so we would have to first fight for it before thinking that just because I'm staying, we're going to win more title. Uh, anyway, that, that that's um, another part of the story. Of course, the, the side story that also made a lot of noise is that um, it was revealed, it was leaked, whether it's uh, 100% true or not, that Pochettino would be gone uh, almost by the end of the week, with almost before the end of the season. And that conversation had started between um, between Paris Saint-Germain's board and the coach to um, terminate his contract already. Uh, Pochettino, who has a, a couple of years left, if I'm not mistaken, on his contract, and so a, a hefty sum would have to be paid for him to leave. Uh, it, it's you know it's a bit of a an expectation that Pochettino was not going to stay after the season, given that he didn't go too far in the Champions League and that the football offered by Paris Saint-Germain just wasn't that good. Uh, but as I as I said on Twitter, he's not the main issue. And, and I think there's a lot to redo at Paris Saint-Germain during this offseason if the club wants to get where they want to get. There is still an infamous chance that they keep Mbappé. I don't believe in it, but I'm, I'd love to be proven wrong. Um, there's still going to be a lot to do. Um, the, the word is that Antonio Conte, the coach of Tottenham, has offered his services to Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, the, the sporting director of Tottenham, and now his name um, his name escapes me. Anyway, as always talked about, it's a bit of his dream to go and uh, and work at Paris Saint-Germain as well. So can he go there or, or is Conte going to work with Leonardo? That's going to be the question. But there is uh, yeah, there is a lot of work going on in, in Paris uh, behind the scene. Uh, and, and we mentioned it several times on the pod. It's a very important season for them with the World Cup being played in Qatar at the end. So they will want to have a, a shiny first half of the season in France to be able to uh, to say that they had as many players playing for Paris representing their country in Qatar, you know, to make it a, a double marketing coup. So let's see let's see how they do that. Let's see how they translate this on, on the pitch. And hopefully we see a much better Paris Saint-Germain, a much better champion next season. Uh, this season they got it and it's a historical one. It's the 10th one. They're only one short of being the club who has the most domestic title, which is no small feat even you know we can talk about the money put or whatever but it's still no small feat to have won that many titles um it, it's unfortunate that the season was such that there was um very little celebration between fans and players and and you know in in a club that's healthy and that's going well in a league that's healthy and that's going well a club champion should always be celebrated by their fans so we'll see when they do the um the official celebration in in the city what exactly happens uh, but that was a bit of a sad ending, I think, to that to that Paris Saint-Germain loss. We knew that the fans were going to leave, uh, but finishing on 1-1 instead of a win and seeing, you know, 11 players celebrating on one side, not even really going to see the fans that stayed in the stadium and seeing uh, three to 5,000 fans celebrating outside, partying without the players. I mean, players and fans don't exist without each other. Um, so to see them split like this was a bit, was a bit heartbreaking, but hopefully, um, hopefully a, a sign of positive things to come, you know, the... It's a protest that was, I guess, half healthy that probably would be heard in the club and, and hopefully we see um, something better, I guess, coming from Paris Saint-Germain um, after this um, summer window. The next game will be uh, the second on the table. Uh, Marseille were able to keep their spot uh, thanks to 
a goal from the Brazilian Gerson at the 83rd minute. Marseille was playing in Reims and Marseille had 71% possession, 14 shots, 3 on targets, 10 shots for Reims, 3 on target as well. Reims who had uh, quite a few chances to actually score, one of them being uh, Mantanda passing the ball in the middle of the park uh, a little bit hesitantly and then uh, defending really high, really away from his goal. And uh, I think it was Mitchell Bergen who, who just, Mitchell van Bergen, sorry, who decided to uh, to try his luck from 50 meters away. But Luan Perez was on the goal line and headed away. Uh, Marseille scores at the end with, with Jason showing his talent, a uh, skillful goal, a couple of uh, a couple of uh, little um, skilled ball and then touch the ball from the left foot before finishing with the right foot. The defending is a bit naive, uh, maybe a bit of fatigue in the Reims um, side at that point, uh, but not to take anything from Jason. The goal that he scored is, is inspired. It shows his technique. It shows how comfortable he is ball to foot and it shows how well he's finishing the season for, for Marseille. It's a game that you know makes Marseille um, comfortable on the table. Of course, four games left and they have six points. Um, they are six points above Rennes and Monaco, who are, who are third uh, and fourth, respectively. They are eight points away from Nice now, nine points away from Strasbourg. So, so really, it looks like the only danger would come um, from Rennes and Monaco. And of course, we have a uh, Rennes-Marseille uh, between now and the end of the season. Uh, the last four games for Marseille. Um, next weekend, Marseille against Lyon. The following one, Lorient-Marseille. And the, final, the last two games will be Rennes-Marseille at the Roison Park and Marseille-Strasbourg at the Vélodrome. Uh, expect, uh, expect a bit of a party in, in those two stadiums for, uh, for the last two games of the season. We, I didn't realize how important those games was going to be when we saw the, the schedule released at the beginning of the season. Uh, of course, for Marseille, the, the focus is a bit split. There's the league where they want to finish second to qualify for the Champions League, but there's also the Europa Conference League and, and that game against Feyenoord that we... Uh, talked about at length in, in part one of the pod, uh, which might take a bit of energy um, away from Marseille. Like I said, though, they've done the job. Uh, they had a few games that they had to win to be able to get this this six-point cushion. And they did well the past, the past few weeks. You know, the the win against Brest, the win against Nice, the win against Saint-Etienne, Montpellier, uh, Nantes, Reims. They're all wins that uh, Marseille probably had, had thought that they would get, you know, if not... 18 points out of 18 points, at least 16 points out of 18 points. Uh, and now they even can afford to lose at home against Lyon uh, next week and still be be able to be ahead of, uh, of Rennes before uh, before going to play against Les Rouges et Noirs in Brittany. Um, interesting to see um, that Marseille pushed without really pushing too hard in Reims, maybe saving a bit of their energy for, uh, for Feyenoord. But as it stands, um, they are second on the on the podium. We, we'll definitely talk about Marseille during the offseason because as they are right now, I don't see them ready to perform in Champions League next year. And I think they, they want to avoid what happened uh, last season when they uh, did zero out of six as far as the results go. So so we'll see what happened if they qualify for the Champions League. I wouldn't be surprised to see quite a bit change at the Velodrome uh, at the offseason. The next game that we're going to talk about, we're going to go at the bottom of the table and, and one of the thrillers of the weekend 5-3 between Nantes and Bordeaux. Bordeaux, who, who's, I don't know if it's unlucky or, or just terrible or probably both, uh, but Bordeaux is finishing the season uh, probably the worst possible way. I mean, we've talked about how bad they are defensively. They've been shocking defensively. They've shipped 84 goals in, in 34 
games now, which is the worst defense in in the whole of Europe. Uh, but, but I think the the most maybe heartbreaking thing, maybe uh, maybe the most symptomatic uh, issue in Bordeaux is that the past three games, sorry, the past um, the past four games, excuse me, uh, they score first and it looks like they're about to win the game and then uh, and then they just get belted uh, and that's hard to see for a team that is fighting so hard for their survival uh you know against Saint-Étienne they're up 2-0 um last week and then they lose 2-2 um against um Bordeaux against Nantes excuse me this weekend uh they were up 2-0 then they went back 2-2 then they scored the third goal after half time so they're up 3 um 3-2 and then they get um equalized against and then Moses Simon scored the fourth goal for Nantes and then Bordeaux has a penalty to try and get back into the game at 4-4 and missed that penalty and Osman Bukhari scores for Nantes and seals the deal uh, it's just it's just a heartbreaking end of season for Bordeaux uh, it's not all over there's a few games left of course uh, but it just doesn't look good at all uh, if we look at the the bottom of the table, Messi is last with 24 points. Uh, Bordeaux is in front of him with 27 points. And then it's Saint-Étienne, 31, and Clermont, 33. So, you know, they're four points away from the relegation playoff game, but they are six points away from um, definitely being saved. It's going to be, you know, of course, it's going to be a capital end of season and anything could happen. Uh, but Bordeaux hosts Nice next week, and it's probably not a game that they would uh, mark as a, as a one where they're going to get points. And then they travel to Angers, they um, host Lorient, who probably at that time would still be, you know, wondering if they are definitely safe from from staying um, to stay in Liga. And then they finish in Brest. Uh, it's just going to be a, a fascinating end of season, but for Bordeaux, uh, yeah, heartbreaking results in Nantes, and and seeing them completely collapsing after leading twice uh, was just hard. And and Bruno Acosta was playing and not Gaëtan Poussin. And you know, um, last week on the pod, I think I said that uh, Poussin shouldn't be playing and Kostil Kul should be playing. And then uh, I guess uh, he, here's the answer. He also um, is shipping quite a few goals, the former international goalkeeper, um, w- which is painful for them. Um, you know, I, sometimes I don't even know what to say anymore about Bordeaux. They, there's so many issues in that club and, and it looked like they were bouncing back, but uh, but I don't know that they will ever bounce back, unfortunately. Uh, their main competition to try and save themselves is Saint-Etienne. Uh, and Saint-Etienne lost 4-1 at home against Monaco this week and, um, and you know there was not much that um, Saint-Étienne could do Monaco scored twice in the first half hour by Ben Yedder and Voland and then Kazri uh, answered by penalty Timothée Colosejac scored what looks like his 10th on goal of the season um, to, to put Monaco on, on the right path to get victory and then Boadou scored the last one uh, Saint-Étienne who obviously have the fate, their fate in their hand because they um, they are four points away from um, Bordeaux as it stands but Saint-Étienne who has a very complicated uh, final four games as well they're going to Rennes next week the week after they're going to Nice um, and then they're hosting Reims and they finish in Nantes uh, which yeah it's probably four games where you see them maybe getting four points uh, which is not enough which is the, the luck maybe of Bordeaux uh, but also of team like Clermont, and Lorient uh, who can probably save themselves easier Given the complicated schedule that Saint-Étienne and Bordeaux, two uh, two legends of the French football game, um, the situation that they're in right now is pretty uh, is pretty pathetic, pretty hard to witness. All right, that was the bottom of the table. If we go back uh, up on the table a little bit, uh, there was a derby of Brittany 
Rennes against Lorient and Rennes decided to show who was the Masters of Brittany this season. 5-0, emphatic win for les Rouges et Noirs. The goal scorer Benjamin Bourigeau at the 17th minute, Martin Terrier at the 19th minute, Hamari Traoré 47th, Flavien Tay with a missile at the 79th minute, and Gaëtan Laborde rounded it up at the 93rd minute. Rennes, who played over half an hour down to 10 men after Nayef Agard was uh, showing a red card for a uh, what we call a professional foul as a, a last defender. 59% possession for Rennes, 10 shots, 7 on target, 5 goals. Uh, and for Lorient, 12 shots and only two on target. It was all Rennes, and they've shown how good they were. Lorient was based barely, barely playing in transition and trying to get some counter-attack, but we, we, we just haven't seen Lorient attacking during the game. They started with uh, Boagar, Kone, and Lefebvre up front, um, leaving Mofi and Lorienté, who are probably their two fastest players, on the bench, uh, and it just didn't work out for Lorient. Maybe it was the wrong approach for, for Christophe Pellissier. Uh, Rennes basically um, ate them alive, uh, kept pushing. Uh, poor Brook Innocent was, uh, was replaced. Bronco Innocent, sorry, was replaced in like the first half hour by, by Lorienté. Uh, and it just went from, uh, from bad to worse for, for Lorient, who just kept conceding um, successfully, unfortunately for them. Uh, su- like first, consecutively, sorry, I should say, first Bourigeau and then two minutes later Traoré. Um, Terrier, excuse me, and then a few chances, and, and then they kept they kept bending, bending until they broke. Uh, I mean, that goal for Praviente, um, just a rocket from 25 meters. It looks like it was on Dreyer, but uh, but Dreyer probably didn't read that well. And then he goes in, and then you can see all the Lorient heads going down. I mean, it's it's 4 0, not that they had any hope to coming back to 3 0, uh, from 3 0 to 3 3, but it was uh, it was just tough to see for Lorient, and, and also it was impressive from Rennes, and they know that. They still have something to do in, in this Ligue 1. Rennes, they still can come and, and tickle Marseille. They're six points behind. But as we mentioned, they are hosting um, the Club of South of France um, in, in a couple of games at the Roison Park. Uh, and, and also around that, uh, they're playing complicated games, but games where we expect them to win. They're hosting Saint-Etienne. They're going to Nantes. Then they're hosting Marseille, as mentioned. And they finish with a, a trip to Lille, uh, who by that point might not be playing for anything anymore. Um, so, so it's going to be an end of season to watch for Pep Genesio and his men. The other results of the weekend, Lyon, who's uh, the most inconsistent team in uh, Europe right now, won um, 5-2 against Montpellier. I mean, if we look at the last few results uh, from Lyon, uh, a loss at home 3-0 against West Ham, a win at home 6-1 against Bordeaux, a loss to Brest 2-1, and then a win at home 5-2 against Montpellier. Uh, it's it's a real yo-yo. It's, it's up and down, and uh, they just can't uh, consistently um, perform, and that's why they are where they are right now on the table. Uh, 52 points, uh, you know, not not only five points away from Nice, who's fifth, uh, but they should be um, so much higher with the talent that they have and with the players that they have. Um, a game that didn't end up really well uh, with a, a couple of issues between uh, players and, and fans, uh, Carl Toko Ekambi being uh, booed and jeered by the Lyon fans. And, and unfortunately for the uh, Camarillo International, he answered. Uh, we didn't quite see what it was, but it was, I think, a middle finger and some words being said. Uh, and so it made things even worse. And, and the police had to intervene to calm the fans down. Uh, not something that we like to see in a team that is fighting for uh, 
for European qualification, but that's that's what happened, unfortunately, uh, at the OL Groupama Stadium. Uh, the other results, Nice beat Troyes in the dying seconds of the game, uh, a goal uh, by Kefren Thuram at the 94th minute. Uh, nice was been dominating Troyes, but out of the 18 shots, only three were on target, uh, and they were able to get a much-needed win uh, to try and stay in the race, only two points behind Rennes Monaco. I, we expect so much better from from Galchi, but it looks like this end of season is very complicated. Of course, they have the, the French Cup final next Saturday night, um, which might be their objective right now to try and get a title. Uh, but around that, they're playing against teams fighting for their survival. They're going to Bordeaux this weekend. They're hosting uh, Saint-Etienne after um, that French Cup final. They're going to play against teams that want to get points, and, and it looks like Nice might be the one that drops from that European Cup, the first one, drop and it's going to be surprising I think for, for Ineos if they don't fight for it that said if they do win the French Cup final then they're automatically going to Europa League so so maybe they'll have uh, they'll have um, I guess done what they were paid for uh, qualifying for uh, for Europe next season the other game Mess against Brest and Brest uh, won 1-0 at the Stade Saint-Symphorien with Youssef Belayli scoring on the 27th minute uh, a, a couple of red cards given to uh, Mess Jamerson at the 78th minute and Ukija at the 79th minute both uh, taken off. Mess wasn't able to uh, put a shot on target despite having 60% of possession. Uh, and, and at this stage, when you're trying to save yourself, it's just not good enough. Uh, Mess was the, the bottom of the table with 24 points, seven points away from Saint Etienne. I mean, mathematically, they are not um, condemned to Ligue 2, uh, but it really looks like they are, unfortunately for them. And it's and it's you know heartbreaking for for a club like Metz. They're going to Montpellier. They're hosting Lyon. They're um, hosting Angers, and they're finishing their season in Paris. We don't really see them getting twelve points out of those four games, but that's what they need to get if they want to save themselves. And uh, and we don't expect it to be. They really look like they are going to Ligue 2. Um, and Blegrena, um, unfortunately, are going to have to do a bit of work to be able to come back up from the um, lower tier. Um, Clermont against Angers uh, was an entertaining game 2-2 uh, Clermont answering to, to Angers with Mohamed Alicho and Ismail Traoré scoring in the first half and Mohamed Bayo and Lucas Dacuña scoring in the second for Clermont-Angers who just unfortunately can't uh, buy a game uh, these days uh, both teams who, who kind of need the win to try and put some air between them and the relegation zone but as it stands Clermont is still only two points away from Saint-Etienne uh, and Angers only four points away if anything Angers did the, the good results but they could have won that game and they'll be unhappy that they um, didn't and the last game um, of the weekend that we haven't discussed yes is Lille against Strasbourg and that win with another late goal the 87th minute goal for um, Mehmet Zelic uh, Zeki Zelic sorry for, uh, for Lille um a game that it's interesting that Strasbourg didn't win because Lille didn't show their, their best face but they defended well uh, 11 shots both sides 2 shots on targets both sides the position uh, quite um, quite leveled as well uh, a game that saw a few uncharacteristic um, technical fouls a few loose balls um, things that we haven't seen much from, from Strasbourg that we've seen a bit more from from Lille uh, but, but yeah a game that obviously was quite um you could feel the tension i guess in the game you could feel that both teams just didn't want to lose the game and unfortunately for strasbourg lille got the three points with that late goal from Celik. what that means on the table 
you know, in the in the final, final, final stretch of the season, three, four games left. Um, Paris Saint-Germain, of course, is champion, 78 points in 34 game. Um, champion who, who aren't celebrating, but champion still. Uh, behind them, Marseille, 65 points, and then Rennes, Monaco, 59, Nice, 57, Strasbourg, 56, Lens, 54, uh, and then uh, Lyon with 52 and Lille with 51. Um, probably probably dropped from the European um, race. At the bottom of the table, we mentioned it, Metz with 24, Bordeaux 27, Saint-Étienne 31, and then Clermont 3, 33, Lorient 34, Angers 35. Technically, anybody could find themselves in that relegation playoff position. Um, you know, you could also see Clermont 3 being relegated for some reason, although um, seeing the form, it looks like Bordeaux and Saint-Étienne might be the one uh, fighting for their survival either uh, until the end or during the playoff relegation. Uh, at the goal scoring uh, ladder, Kylian Mbappé, of course, is ahead with 22 points. Uh, just behind him, Marien Terrier with 21, with Sam Benyeder with 20, both scored on the weekend. On the assist ladder, Mbappé is also um, on top. 14 assists, 13 for Messi, 11 for Benjamin Bourigeau, 10 for Payet Traoré, and close. It was a, it was a great season for uh, for those uh, players, Bourigeau mainly, who uh, 14 goals and 11 assists. Um, sorry, 10 goals and 11 assists, I should say. Um, impressive for, for Rennes. It's going to make the off-season in France quite um, interesting. Uh, midweek, that game between Feyenoord and Marseille at Rotterdam Thursday night, Friday morning here in Australia, uh, is going to be important for French football. Um, you know, it's of course, Marseille fans are going to follow, but also um, the Netherlands are not too far from, uh, from France as far as the um, UEFA point and and when we as we talked on the pod with um, with Johan um, some of the fans that are even not final fans are for final because they want those points to come back so it's an interesting way of, of looking at the game as well uh, and next weekend of course uh, 10 game as usual um, between between Friday night and Sunday night uh, the weekend will open um, with a much anticipated Strasbourg against Paris Saint-Germain uh, will Paris Saint-Germain play well now that they've won the title uh, in Lameno, it's never uh, an easy place to get a result, Lameno. And then Lance Nantes, uh, and a, f- a lot of clashes that are worth watching. Uh, Rennes against Saint-Etienne, uh, Bordeaux against Nice, Troyes against Lille, and then there's Monaco, Angers, Brest, Clermont, Lorient, Reims, Montpellier, Metz, and of course, the Olympico to finish Marseille against Lyon. We all remember how the first game ended in Lyon rather quickly, and then the, the rematch was a bit better. Uh, but it is going to be probably the last chance for Lyon to sort of save their season and show their fans uh, that they deserve to be where they are. Uh, Marseille will want to uh, almost secure their second spot during that game, or at least to put Lyon away from European football next week, next year, sorry, uh, which which will be um, will be popular with the Marseille fans. Thank you very much for listening to Casselerin, the French football podcast uh, with Breaking the Lines. Thank you for listening to uh, to non-French football during part one and the presentation of the final team and what they can and can't do uh, during that um, Euro Conference League. I'm, I'm struggling to say that, na- that name. Europa Conference League semi-final against Marseille. I look forward to talking to you next week about the new uh, weekend of football in France. Um, thank you very much. Merci, au revoir. Ciao, ciao. Thank <laughs> you.